everybody. This is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 139. Today we're continuing our Francis Ford Coppola Corner with a review of the 1987 film Gardens of Stone. And then we we're going to be jumping into, I guess you might call this our holiday special, since we're not doing a holiday special this year, but our review of the new Sorry. holiday film, I guess you might call it, Violent it, Night. It, it's a holiday film. You know, it's a t- different take yeah. on... Uh, Christmas for us all. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little different from what we normally do, but uh, we that that is our double feature for this week. But jumping into it now, let's get into our Francis Ford Coppola corner. Let's stop here for a moment to let you all know about Newsly. Newsly is an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. It picks up the most trending articles on the web on topics you choose at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time ever, the entire web becomes listenable, all in one place. Browse articles from topics you choose and start playing. You can follow any topic as specific as you like, from sports, tech, business, science, Bitcoin, or heck, even the Kardashians. Newsly will find you the latest articles and read them to you aloud. They even have digital radio. Did we mention they also have podcasts from over 80 countries? Well, they do, and guess what? The Movie Pals podcast is there, too. I started using Newsly as my default podcast player, and I can't think of ever going back. Download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me or from the link in our description. And make sure to use our promo code TMPALS, that's T-M-P-A-L-S, to receive a one-month free premium subscription. Newsly, stop scrolling and start listening. So, once again... I know I say this every time, but it's, and we're not going to always do these every day. But um, if you guys have don't know, this is the Francis Ford Coppola Corner, where we are reviewing all of Francis Ford Coppola's films, starting with Dementia 13 all the way to his newest film. Um, we are the Francis Ford Coppola podcast. Yep. Yes, we are. We are. I, I don't know anybody else that's gone through them, but also I haven't looked it up. So maybe somebody has. Maybe there's a, maybe there's a podcast that's dedicated to all the Francis Ford Coppola movies. I don't know. I'm not going to look it up. I'm just going to live the dream and say we're the coolest one of them all. We're yeah, doing yeah, God's work right, right now. On God right now. So <laughs> we have made our last movie that we reviewed was Peggy Sue Got Married from 1986. So in between this time, this movie only came out about a year after from the release date of that one. So we're going to give you some, I guess you might call it Coppola trivia or what was Coppola up to in between this time period? Just so you follow the journey with us. So a year after directing Peggy Sue Got Married, Coppola reteamed with James Conn for Gardens of Stone. Gardens of Stone is based on the 1983 novel of the same name by Nicholas Prophet. Based on his experiences as part of the U.S. Army's Old Guard 3rd Infantry Division stationed at Fort Myer and Arlington National Cemetery in Arlington, Virginia. The film was overshadowed by the death of Coppola's eldest son, Giancarlo, during the film's production. Principal photography began on May 22, 1986, in the Washington, D.C. area. Filming took place at Fort Belvoir, Fort Myer, and Arlington National Cemetery and had the full cooperation of the U.S. Army. The Army not only made the forts and the cemetery available, they also trained the actors for trained soldiers in Army drills and provided an Army band for key scenes. Some 600 real-life soldiers served as extras in various scenes. When word of Giancarlo's death reached the set, production officials immediately canceled the next day's shooting, an elaborate scene involving many extras and helicopter support. However, Coppola insisted that the shoot go on as scheduled. Production continued for another week until Francis Coppola checked himself into DeWitt Army Hospital at Fort Belfort 
Virginia for exhaustion. As soon as Coppola was out of the hospital, production resumed. Griffin O'Neill was initially cast in Guards of Stone to play Albert Wildman, but was replaced by Casey Samasco after his involvement in the accidental speedboating death of Giancarlo Coppola in May 1986. The film was not a critical success and underperformed commercially, earning only $5.6 million against a $13 million budget. So once again, guys, we got we got Coppola right back, right back against He's the back. ropes. He's Scar- back, baby. He's back to just like, oh, I made it like Peggy Sue made a pretty good, nice little penny there, right? And then this movie, yeah. he's right back at it. Like, goddamn, this movie like, cannot catch a break. <laughs> he said, I, I, he said, I did it again. Oopsies. So, <laughs> which, uh, you know, watching the film, it's hard to see where he could have really gotten over budget. So, it really, I think this is more just the uh, success. I, mean, we'll talk about, I think it's it. the extras, a lot of the extras. Yeah. Army could like took a lot of the cost from that. So, let's move now into our review of Gardens of Stone. He's the best damn soldier on this post. What's he doing here? He did serve two tours in Nam, eh? Arlington National Cemetery, 1968. There was a war being fought 10,000 miles away. Willow here, he uh, wants to go to Vietnam. He feels that an infantryman's place at the time of war is in front. There ain't no front in Vietnam. Well, what's the story, General? We went into war in Vietnam like Westy says, huh? You want to go to Vietnam? So Gardens of Stone, released in 1987, uh, currently sitting at a 44%, um, excuse me, I'm sorry, a whopping 44% on Rotten Tomatoes. And the premise of this movie goes, a sergeant must deal with his desires to save the lives of young soldiers being sent to Vietnam, continuously deny the chance to teach the soldiers about his experiences, he settles for trying to help the son of an old army buddy. So this one, again, is directed by the great Francis Ford Coppola. As you know, we are still continuing down his filmography uh, until we reach the very end and quite possibly reach uh, his newest movie coming out. This was written by... Yeah, we're hoping. Crossing our fingers. We're rolling the dice on this one, man. Hey, sometimes we hit. Sometimes we hit. So bet on us, baby. So this was uh, written by Ron Bass, uh, who also wrote Rain Man in 1988, The Joy Luck Club in 1993, and Waiting to Exhale in 1995. And again, that song just went straight to my head. Based yeah, Nabil's on the dancing novel, right now. Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Nabil just took a shirt off. God damn it. And I. <laughs> uh, based on the novel by Nicholas Prophet, it released again uh, in 1987 on May 8th. Budget, of course, as we mentioned before, for $13 million, and its box office was ooh, $5.6 million, as mentioned earlier as well. This one stars James Caan as Sergeant Clell Hazard, and man, that name, Clell, always got, always got me. Uh, Angelica Houston as Samantha Davis, James Earl Jones as Sergeant Goody Nelson, D.B. Sweeney as Jack Jackie Willow, Dean Stockwell as Captain Homer Thomas, Mary Stewart Masterson as Rachel Feld, Dick Anthony Williams as Slasher Williams, Lynette McKee as Betty Ray Nelson, uh, Goody Nelson's wife, Sam Bottoms as First Lieutenant Weber, Elias Coteas as Specialist Pete Daverber, Lawrence Fishburne as Sergeant Flanagan, and Casey Samasco as Sergeant Woolman, who is also one of the goons in the Back to the Future series. Fun fact. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's actually one of the reasons why I was okay with that recast. I mean, obviously, 
you know, it involved a tragedy, so it makes sense. Yeah, but pretty big. I was like, hmm, yeah. yeah. Huh. So let's actually start with Nabil. Uh, what are your thoughts on... Well, actually, you know what? Uh, we're going to start with, have you seen this before? Uh, no, this is the first time I've actually seen this film. I'd not even heard about it before. Uh, so this is all new for me. Okay, put your pants back on. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> James, what about you? Have you heard of this one before or seen it before? Uh, no, I've never seen this before. I'd never heard of it before we... Um, started down this path either so this is this is completely new to me every time that james says he hasn't heard of something it always shocks me i always wait for the one <laughs> i'm like is this one he hasn't seen is this one he doesn't know well because... i mean spoiler for the next few i have seen them all and heard of them just to let you know so ah uh, damn it no i wanted to roll the dice baby yeah. apparently uh, from 88 I... until about 96 i was pretty much on top of it for Coppola stuff so yeah you're like oh this guy this guy's about something. I myself have also never heard of it or seen it. So this is the first one for me. So uh, with that being said, James, uh, what are your thoughts about this one? I didn't like this one. This was really. Um, Tell me more. I don't. This was like, man, it was really slow. Like it was super slow. And I don't think they really conveyed the message too well about what they were trying to do with Sergeant Hazard trying to kind of. I don't know. It was mixed. Like, okay, he's trying, he's, he's, he's like, you know, he's consistently trying to like kind of leave, but not really. Cause he's like, oh, I should train these guys with my experiences. Cause I, you know, he's a Korean vet too. And he's a, he's fought in Vietnam. And I didn't really like get it, I guess. I don't know if that makes sense. And then yeah. he starts his friendship with it. the Willow guy. But I mean, it, it's not that deep. I didn't think it was that deep. Yeah. I, I, I like the cast. Don't get me wrong. It was cool seeing like James Caan and James Earl Jones. I thought James Earl Jones was really good in this movie. So menacing. He's so menacing in a way. His voice, just even though he's not like a, an asshole too bad, but it's like, I don't yeah, know if they're trying to go with the force here. and, you know, talking yeah, about the dark side. No, he's talking about circle of life too and shit. It was weird. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> um, but for the most part, I just, um, it was too much of a mixed bag for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll talk a little bit more of even why that is so, but for, for just our brief little thing here, yeah, this did not work for me. All righty. What about you, Nabil? What did you think about this movie? I actually enjoyed it. I, I mean, did I think it was a strong showing of a of a, a Coppola right. film? No, but it was a it was good for what it was. You know, you ever watch, uh, it it you ever watch like a grass grow a cable yeah. TV Couple movie? Times. You know, like like a high. It's like <laughs> it felt like a like a lifetime like, Hallmark Channel movie to me, man. It kind of felt almost like sh- not HBO quality, maybe Showtime in the nineties kind of thing. Yeah, you know, like it's yeah, premium the, cable. Yeah, I guess it's not for thir- that's why I'm surprised. Or, or with TNT, a like a TNT yeah, made like movie. It's thirteen million dollars, but it didn't seem like a theater kind of film. It looked like it was almost like a TV movie, but better than a TV movie. You know, that kind of makes so, sense. I think See, from like it, a, and, and just as a heads up to the listeners, like it was really hard for me to do some research on this movie. There's not a lot on this, so I don't know if he just took this movie out of desperation too, just to make just money. To do something I, I don't know. Yeah, so I, I I'm not yeah. sure. So I, like, w- was it intended that way? But th- there's too much big name actors in here for this to be a TV movie. Mm-hmm. And James, Con- especially James Con and uh, James Earl Jones, they were they were big. You know, not they're not like huge blockbuster guys, but they're top tier actors at the time you know for sure so yeah. it wasn't like you just had to run the mill people but yeah i enjoyed the film i i agree with james as far as like the slowness of the message 
because there was there's just a big kind of exposition dump at the end with James kind of saying what his motive was with with the the kid was it Jamie or something I don't remember his first name um, sure Jackie nice for them to Jackie. just leave it That's for what the it was end Jackie. Yeah. which it's like oh okay so you were trying to do some good with one kid and then suddenly he's like now I'm just going to become a platoon leader you know like he just kind of moved on so it was a lot of dump at the end but as far so to get the motivations it was kind of odd like why are you really doing this except for helping out a friend's kid i mean we'll talk about that in a sec i yeah, I, yeah. I have a something on that yeah well i think but later. i i enjoyed that they were showing an aspect of the old guard you don't get to see a lot of that in the film and in films even nowadays like what that side of it is and what they represent so i actually yeah, kind of like how they portray that what you went through <laughs> Yeah. But uh, I, I wanted yeah, to be like, that, yeah, that really, you don't see a lot of that in this movie either, actually. Yeah, you see a bit. You see a bit of the old um, sure. Forgot what uh, these guys did halfway through. I'm like, what the fuck do these guys do again? That that makes sense. Uh, man, I I really enjoyed this movie. I really liked it, to be honest. Just kidding. No, what, <laughs> was there even a movie? I almost forgot I watched psych. this fucking movie. Truthfully, dude, I'm kind of <laughs> I'm, agree, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm kind of with with these. Well, I, I'm I'm leaning more with James. I it's. What what was there a message? It just seemed like he pulled a lot of punches in this one. You watch something, and you know we're doing Coppola, so we're going to compare his films. And this is just a quick one. We'll we'll talk about this more later. But you think Apocalypse Now, and the message is loud and clear. You know, in regards to imperialism, in regards to tyranny, in regards to what war does to people and shit, and how it corrupts you and makes you evil and shit. And this movie, you just don't know which way it's going. You don't know like what he's trying to say. Like James said, like, I don't, I, I'm like, okay, what do you, what are you really trying to say with this? Or are you trying to say anything? Are you trying to be so vanilla to adhere to general audiences or to everyone that to the point that the message is so like lost in translation and nobody knows what the fuck you're trying to say. Uh, Yeah. Like there's, there's too many big name actors in this to fail. And, Truthfully, when when going over the the trivia that James found on this, it kind of made sense that something must have happened in production that made Coppola kind of lose touch. It did. You didn't feel like he was fully into it. Like he probably just finished the movie just to finish the movie and to commit because he made a commitment. But you know, fuck, losing a family member, dude, in the middle of, of this, like that, that could deeply affect someone, whether they say so or not. It fucking it it will affect you so and it kind of shows yeah. that it just didn't feel like this movie had life to it you know it, it yeah i'd say a tv movie at best is probably what it felt like so just if, really I, if i was to like read between the lines on it too it seems like he was trying to bury himself in this work to like get over it right yeah because yeah. I, I mean i know exactly the feeling of that like you know you try to do things and it's but you know your product at the end is a little off, and I, it probably affected him big time on this. I'm assuming because, yeah. uh, especially the way that it happened. I, don't, I won't go over it, but if you guys look it well, up, it's no, pretty no, her- pretty horrific. Let, 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 yeah, let, let's get into the, the the plot of this one. I know James, you wanted to say something in regards yeah. to part of the plot that wasn't really working for my, you. My my issue with the plot too here is okay. So I Bill, correct me if I'm wrong, and you guys, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong. But was it like he was trying to keep him out of the war by putting him into an officer position, and then you know That's theoretically right. that gets him sent get there anyways. Enough, you know, get him close enough to the war without actually having to deal with the combat. You know, just yeah. Because he was always going to go one way or another, so he's trying to give him the a few degrees the of separation. The best chance to it. survive, but I just, yeah. I never is felt like their happened? relationship was that great, <laughs> is what I'm getting I, at. Like, I do like 
I mean, I'm getting all over the place here a little I tr- bit. I, I mean, truthfully, care. James, I didn't even figure that out until he he had that sort of, I guess you could call it, breakdown in front of Sam. And I'm like, oh, is that what you're doing? I was like, I didn't know what you were doing with that move. Oh, uh, no, I figured that out. I figured like, that I like, out. Oh, I, I okay. actually do like the scene where he's reading the letters and stuff like that. Because uh, yeah. uh, that was like a big thing, apparently, back then. So, um, yeah. And it's sad. You know, it's, it's, it's very somber is what I'm getting at. But there's, um, I'll, I'll bring up how it was shot later, too, though, but. There's, I have some issues, but plot-wise, that's why I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, was he supposed to be like an over-the-top sergeant? Like, it never felt like he was, right? That's what he they just made him very vanilla. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's crazy. That's what they were making him sound like, but he didn't seem. This crazy. guy's a I mean, loose cannon. Guy, well, I don't remember the the crazy other sergeant. Uh, the drill sergeant was a bit more like crazy. There was a. Um, oh, I know who you're talking about. Sam well, Bottom. Weber again was, was Weber. A bit no, crazy sorry. Too, uh, Slasher Williams was one of them too. Slasher Williams, that's him. Yeah, he was. But a, once was again, were they just the trying to copy like uh, fucking Platoon? Or wait, no, Platoon came after. No, no, not Platoon. Came after but one last thing yeah. I want to touch on real quick was: uh, were they try- they were trying to kind of show from the marketing on this movie? They're trying to show more of the war back at home, right? So that's yeah. why they're showing it. But I, I don't think they convey it that well. No. And- you know, I know, uh, James, you had made a point on your review on uh, Letterboxd. If you don't follow him, you should. Uh, oh, on you. what he, <laughs> on, on regards to the the actual not showing the war. And I feel like that was, uh, I mean, $13 million budget. Maybe they didn't have the money to show everything anyways. They but definitely it seemed do. like a decent enough to budget to, to show a little clip of the war. I think that was a, a creative decision. Maybe, you know, also budgetary, but I think it was also a bit creative to show that, you know, we want to talk about it without having to show it. But it yeah, they just they didn't execute it well. There's a lot of stock like footage in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah which I, I guess really maybe well. adds to the realism of it. They're like, hey, this is actual Vietnam like imagery and people can, you know, put on gurneys and stuff like that. But yeah. no, I was going to say that's what I was going to get to how it was shot. I think they missed out by not having that, to tell you the truth, because it's like no, it was a lot of I, telling and not a lot of that showing. gritty. And yeah, I need that even, gritty. Even a scene of Jackie being like when he does go to Vietnam, even a scene to show him kind of thinking about going into the front lines rather than it be an exposition saying he died because he went for and did it. Like just just showing yeah. a little bit of something of him being there. He doesn't have to actually be in the war. We don't need to see the death, but just showing him thinking about it. Because I mean, the whole film is a narration of him through his letters. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like maybe we see him actually write one of these letters before he goes into war. You know, some just something that would have True. added a little yeah. bit more to it. Yeah, it would have helped the whole dying off screen thing. The, the, yeah. Sometimes the dying off screen thing is done is handled well. It can work. Opinion, yeah, it, it, it I agree. Didn't really work in this. Like I just I felt no loss or no connection really. And part of it was probably performance of the actual guy anyway. Well, which, and they moved on from it pretty quickly. Like even though yeah. they show the funeral at the end, like. He announces the death. Um, you can see him get upset, but it's it's part of like some again. I think it's part of the the camera work. Like he's trying to pers- um, to show something, but it's all just quick bursts of it, and then we move on. Which I think is a lot of the fault of this film. Like anytime right. you get something, like I get into a bit of a scene, and then suddenly we've just moved on to something else, and so you don't get the. F- it, it's all. I mean, it's all kind of half baked sometimes, you know, with the shots. Yeah, it, it was all haphazard. All, which um, let's let's get into the the characters and stuff and their relationships. And the bill, like, did how did you feel about that? Did you like these characters? Did you, you believe their relationships between each other, whether it be intimate or you know, you know, the the camaraderie between them? Like, what did you think? Well, to James's point, I think Hazard and Willow 
together. I, I didn't get the connection there. Like, I, I understand what the premise was, but the connection didn't feel very strong. But Hazard and Goody, you know, James Earl Jones and, and James Caan together, like, I love them together. I, mm-hmm. I thought just a whole film around them <laughs> leading, uh, you know, a squad would have been fine. They, they really had good chemistry together. They worked off of, you could, you could feel that they, had, they were friends for such mm-hmm. a long time. Like, that was the only side of, like, the the infamous hazard that they kind of portray in the film that you get to see is with James Earl Jones's character, but outside of that, you don't really get to see what that is. He just um, he doesn't seem to have, and neither of them really have that strong of a connection with Willow. Um, it just seems that they suddenly just take him in. I know they're watching over him, but they like really full on embrace him as a member of the family suddenly, and it seems kind of I don't know. I I didn't feel the connection that maybe they were trying to portray for us. Oh, what, what about you, James? What do you think of the, the characters? Same thing, yeah. Hazard and Goody are probably the best when they are kind of f- fucking around, I guess. You know what I mean? Because does like it a, does it James does it almost feel like Willow wasn't even necessary in this movie? Like, really, they needed like, the they, young guy to be like the catalyst for them to, yeah, kind of I almost feel like Hazard it, just could have been that character, and he's the one that goes to war. I mean, obviously, we're changing the movie here and it becomes totally yeah. different, but. If he's the one that makes that sacrifice because he wants to save these young soldiers and shit, and he ends up dying in the end, like which he kind of does, felt- I guess technically by yeah. the end he's like, okay, well then I guess I got to be the I got to go fucking to Nam and make sure I protect them myself. I guess right. You know, I, like I, that, and like. I felt more weight with that than Willow. Like I'm just like I just I Me just too. Don't I didn't really I didn't particularly I like uh, DB Sweeney that well. Just to let you know. Yeah. No offense I. to him. He's amazing in the cutting edge in ninety two. I don't know if you guys remember that ice skating movie. <laughs> but um this one, not so good, man. He's a little off. I knew Nabil would know that reference. Yeah, he was just well, like I get it though. There's like there's some cool moments, but it's like they even force his romance too quick. It's almost like the movie needed to be like thirty minutes longer, by the way. Well, like who are they following, right? We're following Hazard for the most know, part, right? but then suddenly we're following Wizard Willow for a little bit. Like why are Yeah, going it's to like not done um, well. Yeah, he goes to uh, Rachel's house, and then he meets the dad who's like a dick to him, and then yeah, and they, they it's just like all right, the tone of this is just, just weird compared they, to everything else, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah that, that's where I think you get lost because you're, he's trying to create two separate plot lines and have them some somehow converge. But I feel like if we just stuck with Hazard and kept it from his perspective the whole time, we would have been fine. Like, why even have the narration? Just have it all come from Hazard's perspective because adding yeah. Willow in there then it should just because you want to see him from start to finish you might as well just had had it been focused on him entirely but we, we it was really a mixed perspective um and and kind of uneven it was mostly Look, hazard that we were following I'll, I'll just fucking say it willow was annoying dude anytime he was on screen or talking or saying i would just be like dude, shut the fuck up man seriously like i in no offense to db sweeney it was just the character was just sort of hollow to me and it just it didn't matter like yeah. i i didn't care about him truthfully i just didn't i again like you guys said i hazard and uh goody were had better chemistry better acting better performances better lines and maybe it was just the delivery of the lines but i, I liked Could them be. and any yeah. scenes with them in it than anything else you know fuck even casey simesco maybe because he's in back to the future i liked his scenes better shit he's um, got a few yeah he's got a few moments that I actually i, I like there's a scene with him and hazard i really liked yeah, I also like him in Three O'clock High. I'm not gonna lie; it's a different movie. Anyway, sorry. He was a wild man. That Sergeant. <laughs> yeah, Hoffman. yeah. So, uh, James, I know you wanted to say something about uh, the cinematography in this movie. So let's get into that. How, what were your thoughts on how this was shot? 
I mean, like I said, just touching bases, I wish they showed more of it, like the Vietnam stuff. Um, it's not badly shot, though, but it does have that feel of like a, like Nabil said, like a made for TV kind of movie. So, like, definitely, you could definitely tell it had a lower budget. Yeah. No, definitely. Uh, yeah. I, this movie, I feel, you know, I'll get into this more, but yeah, it had less Coppola in it. I feel like it was more standard to me. Like, I just, I'm like, we sure this is the same guy, but it could have been anybody to direct this film. I think, in my opinion, like yeah, I, 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 I think, wouldn't be surprised if somebody else did it. I think it was like wasn't it like John Carlo was the video guy for this one originally, and then it was moved to Roman Car- Carmine. Yeah. yeah, she did, or he did the music. Yeah, which was uh, also yeah. kind of weird in this film. Like some a little of it off. Yeah, on, yeah, it was didn't a little like off, it. Though. Didn't like there the was music. no there was no Coppola shot quote unquote in this that I saw. Or maybe I missed it. I don't know. Mm, I think the scene, the only Coppola shot I would say is the snow and the scene with the headstones and they're talking and stuff like over. I kind of thought the Coppola shot was when they were at that um, ambassador dinner or luncheon or whatever it was. Oh, wait, I know the shot. I know the shot. I know. Not that shot, shot, though, Nabil. The wedding scene. That's the Coppola shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was watching it with Janelle and I was like, and I even told Janelle, I was like, God, Coppola can shoot a fucking wedding scene like nobody else. (laughs) I was like, God, look at this. This is like fifth or sixth fucking wedding scene we've seen, but look at perfection. (laughs) That's the only Coppola shot because it's well done. Any type of like ceremonious scene, I guess. I get he's pretty good at those. He's good with big crowds. If you've got a lot of people, he really knows how to get a good crowd. Bill, he's good at wedding scenes or Christian. (laughs) Or where someone's getting baptized. <laughs> that yeah, is the right. fucking scenes. Yeah. He's been to a lot. So, um, yeah. Uh, any uh, any scenes that stick out for you, Nabil, that kind of, I, I guess, wowed you? Or I maybe think even it, that, that didn't wow you? The biggest one that threw me off of everything that we saw was really like the scene where he's with, uh, with when Hazard's with Sam at the ambassador dinner and he, he gets into the little scuffle, essentially knocks the shit out of the, uh, the, shit out of the, the guy. guy. <laughs> the guy. And then I was like, God damn, dude. Cut to, um, see, I mean, the guy kind of started it, to be fair. Yeah. Well, he did, but he shit. did. Yeah. He slapped him. He slapped him. Um, Cause I mean, I, I, although, yeah, I'm sorry, Nabil. Just, no, no I mean, that. he did. He slapped him, and he said, well, fucking knock your lights out. <laughs> did he need to slam his head into the table after he oh started to beat the shit out of him? I was like, like stop him. Like, I was or, like, or adding a little, him I was like, like adding a little down. whipped cream to the top there, huh? Mm. <laughs> a little unnecessary. But, um, the scene afterwards where, they, where Sam shows up at, at his apartment and tells him he's not pressing charge, and they're like, I love you. I'm like... What happened? Like, did we? Were you like arguing? And then, like, this is the next time you spoke. Like, all of a sudden, like, I love you too. I'm like, oh, okay, sure, dude. I got something to bring up though. It's like the Anakin scene. I killed them, (laughs) and the women and the children. And she's like, I love you, Anakin. It's like it was almost like that, dude. Yeah, I, I can like, see some inspiration that there. Of, that's some psycho shit. Stuff. No, what I want to say was Good James Conn was like 47 when he made this movie. I think he was almost a little too old for it, actually. Oh, really? I thought they, they I thought they were a good pair. I liked yeah. uh, I thought. No, they no, no I'm just saying, I don't think there's a lot of 47-year-old sergeants in the fucking army. Well, considering he was in uh, Korea, yeah, I mean, he's got to be older. That's what I mean. Yeah. I was like, this is old as shit, he's, dude. He's one of so. those guys, I think, like a career guy, like Maverick, that just didn't want to oh get promoted. <laughs> okay. You know? I hate no Maverick. <laughs> I got to stay in the fight. Uh, exactly, dude. My dad was he like, this guy would have been he, fucking, uh, like, reti- they would have forced him to retire 20 years ago. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> he's well, wearing the sunglasses right. indoors. He's like, oh, uh, I'm indoors. I got to take my sunglasses he, off. He Maverick was, guys, said shit. He was trying to get into, quote, unquote, Top Gun as an instructor. You wouldn't let him, right? So. 
So one scene I, I do want to bring up, I do like when they kind of reveal that Wildman, um, the two scenes, like um, oh, Hazard is asking him, like, because his name, right? So he's like, you've had to have done something crazy, right? He's like, no, not really. And he's like, Jesus Christ, right? It's not my style. Was his yeah, not my style. And then I like later on, they find out that Wildman was like an absolute animal in Vietnam. <laughs> he just got like fucking <laughs> Medal of Honor and shit. And they're like, you will never believe who fucking got this. No. So That's I like hilarious. the little, it's a quick Good little one. It's for him. It's like a comedic relief. I'm like, that's yeah. pretty funny. So, uh, I like the scenes. Surprisingly, one of them is actually with DB Sweeney when he's showing um, Wildman how to how to do his shit, kind of mm-hmm. giving pointers yeah. and stuff in the beginning. And that that actually leads yeah. that scene, but he's the one that teaches him how to do shit, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it kind of shows that he was like a natural leader. It's the only really like bit of es- exposition from Willow that we get. And then yeah. yeah, I like the uh that we find out Wildman was the one who ended up saving everybody and survives and shit. The one that everyone yeah. kept giving shit to. No, just to go back to what you were saying about uh, Jackie and and Wildman like them fostering that relationship. You really don't see that relationship flourish outside of like that scene and then maybe uh, one or two things. Like it you never get a chance to sit with any of this, you know, to really right. build upon it. It's just like a small thing. That you just now, right. this is how their relationship is the rest of the film. I, I will bring up, it. yeah, they kind of just are like, and now they're friends. But yeah, like, for instance, exactly. I, I watching this though, I didn't, I didn't realize like another Lawrence Fishburne movie with him. Like, he's been in like four or five movies, right? Almost yeah. like twenty two at this point. How many does he got under his belt? <laughs> right. So it's just kid. weird. Like, I would have never expected Lawrence Fishburne. Like, dude, like he was in like four or five Coppola films. Like, god oh, damn, yeah, dude, crazy good for though. him, man. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Uh, thoughts on. The ending, James, what did you think about how it ended? I actually liked how it ends with, like, how Hazard himself before was the guy, like, oh, let's wrap it up when they find out somebody died, right? Because he Mm -hmm. just didn't actually give a fuck. But then you see it happen again in this this moment, and then this time it it hits a little differently because it's someone that you've been watching the whole time. It just kind of, it just shows you how shitty this fucking war was, you know? It's just one of those things. And it it ends on a pretty somber note, too, man. Like, it's... It doesn't end like in a nice way. It's pretty. It's pretty sad. So I, I'm not. I wasn't the. I mean, it wrapped it up decently enough, but it's also like once again with how muddy the plot was for me. It just unfortunately the the ending didn't hit as hard as it could have hit for me. So yeah, makes sense. What about for you, Nabil? Yeah, the same. Like I I didn't hate the ending. I thought it was was actually really well done in in the sense of like not having to to show what happens to Hazard with him going into vietnam like we kind of leave that open-ended so i thought that was a, a good approach to it but the same points as james like the entirety of the plot and you have to care about a lot of the characters and um you do care about hazard but even though you kind of care about willow dying it's still i feel like there could have been more to make you feel more emotionally attached to him than we really were especially again considering he was narrating the film you you lose him and it's just you do realize, though, from the get-go, he died, right, Nabil? Yeah, yeah, of course. They showed it. Okay, beginning. I'm just making sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you knew that was hit. They did yes. a flashback, right? Right, right, yeah. Sorry, guys. I have to ask Nabil, because he look, he's looking a little confused <laughs> at me right now. He's like, wait, what? I didn't know he was going to... Dude, you knew he was going to die, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. But that's what I'm saying, though. Like, you you see what's going to happen, so you're going into the past. You would think that there's going to be some kind of emotional buildup. I didn't... I didn't feel the emotion for him passing. I felt the emotion for Hazard losing him, you know, which maybe that's what they were trying to get at. But um. yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you on this one, Bill. I felt it was handled a bit haphazardly, 
Um, they didn't. Sorry. Yeah. No, I I didn't feel anything. Yeah. Like even though like it's crazy. Even though we know like the outcome of the the ending, it I still totally forgot about it. I was like, oh shit, that's right. Whoops. Because I just wasn't really that emotionally invested. Uh, he's like, that's a scene of, from the beginning of the movie. I remember that yeah, part. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> he's I was like, like oh, Tarantino shit. Tarantino did, did the whole fucking thing? What the bro, fuck? Bro, I thought I fucking fell asleep and started it over. I was like, wait, did, did I fall asleep? Is it starting over? What the fuck? Anyway, just kidding. Now, I, I I mainly enjoyed Hazard and Goody's relationship and even the relationship that Hazard had with Sam. Like, uh, it, uh, that crazy line in the middle of the movie aside, like, I liked when they were kind of talking about getting married and stuff, despite they both have completely different like opinions sort of like politically and stuff and i kind of like that um (laughs) it was i thought it was pretty pretty interesting um but uh aside from that yeah like the ending really didn't do anything for me like i'm like okay no i agree i agree so let's uh let's compare this one to some of other coppola coppola's films that we've seen so far and then we'll get into our star rating um the bill how do you see this movie compared to the other couple of films we've seen so far i mean the film itself it doesn't feel like a coppola film to me it just feels like Mm -hmm. a a straightforward like a an 80s or 90s tv movie war film which you know on the surface is fine it's a it's a decent film but is it does it have anything that i feel like oh francis ford coppola you know made this movie wrote it or directed or did any involvement like no i, I could have we could have just yeah. been watching a movie to review it and i would have been like yeah okay it's, it's a fine war film so i, yeah, I feel like, like it's it really like you doesn't said stand out earlier you know like anybody could have directed this one really yeah yeah uh what, what about you james same thing that's what I, I pretty much agree with nabil this is definitely one of those movies that I guess it's different from his other movies because none of them have looked this bad. I guess right now, <laughs> like that's true. Yeah, from I, production wise, yeah. Is this the lowest budgeted is... one too? Technically, or no? I know the Outsiders and Rumblefish weren't really high up on the. But even those had some kind of too. different kind yeah, of. Those are more are, like those have great shots though in them. So that's yeah, why I say this even Rumblefish, f- which I didn't like as much, um, still had a lot you of like still, yeah. Coppola yeah. shots in it. Man, I'd there's say no, this is there's no the first I'm one sorry, that kind of stands out as far as like his films is that doesn't really look the most Coppola ish. Once again, I think maybe you, you're right. This, this, the death of his son really affected the production of this film. And so, I mean, guy, I, like, I, I think like what I, it was so. really missing was Tom Waits is what it was. <laughs> yeah. Where the fuck if, was if, he? If, if he you would guys have been don't need some it, random uh, bartender, is that what you guys are telling me? Yeah. There's no yeah, random bartender. <laughs> If he was they in that bar, there it is. They or bouncer at a bar. bar, yeah. Or bouncer at a bar, anything. Any or bar right. scenes? No. They are in a bar at one point. I was like, where the fuck is Tom Waits? <laughs> or crazy ass Nick What Cage? if Tom Waits know. had been the one narrating the film, actually? Would that have been funnier a little bit? That uh, would have blown nice. my mind. I would have been down for that. Sergeant Hazard, where are you? Speaking poetry right, and so shit. So with that, we're going to go ahead and jump into our star rating on this one. James, our good old MC, I'll start with you. What do you rate this movie out of five stars? I give this one two out of five. Okay. Seems fair. Uh, Nabil, what about you? I gave this a three out of five. This is wild because I kind of agree with you the most on this one, Nabil, but I agree with James's star rating. So I also <laughs> gave this one a two star. And I think the only real reason is because of the trio of relationships that I mentioned, you know, which is yeah, you know, I mean, Hazard, Goody, oh, and yeah. um, Sam. That's easily that's, the strongest. That's easily the strongest thing in the movie. It is. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 
All right, let's move on now to our main review of Violent Night. It's Christmas! We decided that you could have one gift. Early. What is it? That is a direct hotline of Santa Claus himself. I can talk to Santa. All right, revelers. Welcome to your worst Christmas ever. Let's go! You have $300 million in your personal vault. That's what I want for Christmas. Violent Night, currently sitting at a 69% Rotten Tomato score. Nice. When a group of mercenaries attack the estate of a wealthy family, Santa Claus must step in to save the day and Christmas. This is directed by Tommy Ricola, who also did Dead Snow, great film, 2009. Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters, 2013, and What Happened to Monday in 2017. This is also written by Pat Casey and Josh Miller, who did Sonic the Hedgehog in 2020 and Sonic the Hedgehog 2 in 2022. This film is currently in theaters. It was released on December 2nd, or uh, this year, and probably won't come streaming until early next year. It's starring David Harbour as Santa Claus, John Luguziamo as Jimmy Scrooge Martinez, Alex Hassel as Jason Lightstone, Alex Lauder as Linda Matthews, Cam Gigandit as Morgan Steele, Eddie Patterson as Alva Steele Lightstone, Leah Brady as Trudy Lightstone, the great Beverly D'Angelo as Gertrude Lightstone, Alexander Elliott as Bertrude or Bert Lightstone. Interesting choice of film for the holiday season, I think. I want to hear some of your takes on what you thought about this film. I'm going to go with you, Marco. What were your overall thoughts of the movie? So I went in with very low expectations in this movie because I just didn't know what to expect. And I was like, this looks fucking stupid. And you know what? I actually ended up enjoying <laughs> this one. It, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't really that smart of a movie. It, I mean, it, it, you're watching Santa Claus fucking kill people and it's in the trailer. So that's not a spoiler. <laughs> So, I mean, right from the get-go, it's batshit crazy, which is kind of right up my alley. So, uh, I, I enjoyed it, man. I thought that it was it was fun. It's I mean, the title says it itself, Violent Night. It is extremely fucking violent. It doesn't yeah. pull punches, and I like that. I was kind of afraid that this movie would pull punches, and that's kind of why I was cautious about it. I was like, this is going to be one of those movies where it wants to be cool, it wants to be like you know, hit, but it's not because it, it doesn't, you know, take chances. And I felt like this movie really did take chances and I liked that. So it was a little creative. Yeah. It, yeah. 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 I, I think the Rotten Tomato score is a little too harsh. I would rate it more like the 75% range, you know, like it's, it's, yeah, I, it's entertaining, dude. I um actually was pleasantly surprised. Did it remind you of any other film, like any other holiday film before, or maybe another I, action type film? Really, Die Hard probably comes to mind. Truthfully, it's like a more violent, crazy, wild idea of of Die Hard, where it's like a, a protagonist that doesn't want to be a hero, just trying to like get through the fucking night, and ends up having to you know take out a group of mercenaries that are that are up to no good and i'm gonna leave it there because i don't want to spoil anything else but yeah <laughs> i can get into that okay. more later yeah what about you james what were your thoughts on the film yeah no i um i was going in pretty low on this too we actually brought this one up because our uh my brother john wanted us to review this and brought it up so we thought hey why not because it's different and 
I mean, truthfully, it, it was better than I thought it was going to be. I agree. I saw it also with Marco and I saw this together with our friend Mikey, friend of the pod. We went a triple date. So, who's yeah, that? We don't know who that is. Trips. He hasn't been we're on the show trips. at all. We're, ex- um, we're exchanging fluids, you know? A little bit. <laughs> so some skin to skin contact. It was weird. Um, so basically, I, I guess also on top of that, we had, there was only five of us in the theater, which is fucking crazy. There was only two other people. The whole yeah, thing? I swear yeah. to God, oh, wow. it was fucking crazy. It was like, like at one point people. we thought, oh, was it? Okay, that's it. Actually, this movie actually did really well. So that was kind mm-hmm. of an offset. We we thought it was. I was like, man, it's gonna tank. But talking about a movie that was made close to the fucking amount of Gardens of Stone, actually. The budget wasn't too much higher. So. But yeah, it was too high, right? Whoops. But, dude, I thought it was it was way funnier than I thought it was going to be, by the way. I thought it was going to be just more of that, just the violence and shit. But then yeah. I think David Harbour, like, hams it up so well that it's, um, it just works. Like, he does really, he does a pretty believable, <laughs> like, drunk, like, no Christmas spirit Santa, I guess. I don't know what to say, really. There's a there, a lot of the goons, too, were, like, fucking dumb as fuck. And I loved some of the lines they said. And it was just, just people's reactions. We'll talk about it later, but. Yeah. Yeah. Marco knows what I'm talking about. There's some reactions that I thought were, like, fucking hilarious. Like, it was, like, surprisingly really funny. I was like, oh, my God. That's really funny, so. Did, did did this also remind you more Die Hard esque, or did you have any other films? Yeah, that kind of people saying Die Hard with you? like Home Alone a little bit, I guess. Um, I mean, they make direct references of those films in the movie. I think the producer of Nobody also uh, made this movie too, so it's mm. also kind of reminding me of Nobody, where like there's a pretty unassuming guy that can kick ass, and then it just happens. Yeah. Like, holy shit, that guy can like whoop ass. Like that kind of reminded me of that a little bit too, but it makes sense if it's the I same producer. That. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I agree with you guys. I mean, it's I actually didn't even watch a trailer. I just saw the poster and kind of already assumed like, okay, I kind of get where we're going with this. And oh, I'm wow. glad. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm glad though. The film is it didn't take itself too serious as a as a oh, Santa Claus kicks ass, it's gonna be action, but more it's stupid and it's funny and it knows what it's doing while also being extra violent, but but not to a point where I felt like it was you know because you know me I get a bit squeamish like it's not too grotesque. I think there's it was a few. I mean, there's a few scenes I was like, that's pretty gross. I was kind of worried about you, Bill. Ever since see, I was watching this, I was like, I'm gonna say a little prayer for the Bill because you know. <laughs> I mean, it's it's v violent. There, the this honestly, the more grotesque part of the film was when uh, the little girl was doing the little Home Alone stuff, which I won't go yeah. into too much. No, detail. there's there's a like, scene there that, that was super that, nasty. Yeah. I was like, Ooh. I was like, that's violent. <laughs> but uh, for the She's most like, part, I just I, murdered I someone. <laughs> what about you guys? And the premise was actually well pulled off from from David Harbour's perspective as playing a Santa Claus. I think he just does these kind of roles really well, and he just isn't given. And might be because of Stranger Things too right now, but he's uh, he doesn't get a lot of um, of the good parts that I think he should be getting for these kind of roles because he really is kind of dynamic and playing like the everyday person in this case, even Santa Claus, but as a as a everyday Joe, while also coming off as really intimidating and also. Mm-hmm you know self-aware uh and i think he did you know he does this if it, if he wasn't cast as santa claus i don't think this film would work at all just just as how this film was played out because the writing wasn't the strongest but the jokes were funny and he helped to kind of deliver on to those jokes you know? yeah, yeah i think so I agree um so speaking of the acting obviously i i like david harbour or santa i think james you said the same thing what uh james what else did you like about the characters in here was there any other kind of character that really stood out for you um, for this film, um, I really like John Leguizamo too, just because he's um, he's like super over the top in this movie too. 
He he really is. A little yeah. too much, but it's like, I get it. And his background story is kind of fucking hilarious, too. Like, I'm not trying to laugh during it, but I started laughing when he told me that he, like... Fuck, man, I can't spoil it, really. Sorry. But, like, he has a background to him, like, that is kind of fucked up, if you think about it. And, like, it kind of explains why his nickname Scrooge, in a way. Kind of like the Grinch. And uh, he does a lot of stuff in this movie where, like, he is super... He's, like, super crazy, and he's super over the top. He's, like, actively striking women across the face and shit. He's the only straight character in here, too. Like, as far as, like, playing a straight... Everybody else kind of has, like, a weird character flaw well, of some kind sort of, but yeah he seems i to guess be you the could one say that like the main like the han i mean he literally the, the fights group. santa at the end and it's yeah. like he says it <laughs> like he's he he is plays the, it so straight it, he is like the epitome of like evil like like james said he didn't he like and i like that about the movie too that it didn't pull punches like he he was he was an evil dude and he wasn't afraid to show it and i think that yeah he doesn't he carry that yeah, well like, for the character it's just like holy shit like all right like he was just like like not not afraid to like threaten like fucking innocent children or anything like that. Yeah, straight really up. He's like, gender- which one are we gonna kill? I'm like, oh yeah. Like he oh, was buddy. just like, buddy. yeah. And John Leguizamo's like, man, he's good at playing bad guys. Like he's good at playing good guys he too. Is. But I mean, he's he's he. I think, I think he's like. I think he has a good screen presence. To tell you the truth, yeah, every time he, he was on the screen, I was like, I'm interested to see what he will say next. You know, so. he looked like he had fun with this role. So. I feel Which like I everybody did. was in the film. So I, so, and then I was pleasantly surprised. Oh, you had no idea at all? You're like, yeah. what the hell is... What the hell? <laughs> I was like, this just added so much more to the movie. What's Luigi doing here? <laughs> Luigi Mario? What about uh, the action? Marco, any thoughts on... You know, you, you obviously made comments on some of the goriness of it. What do you think about the fighting in the film? I loved it, man. The goriness. I mean, the action it was over the top. And I liked it. It was it was self aware, you know. It it knew what it was. It was an over the top, violent action movie. It lived up to its title. Some of the the deaths of, I mean, because obviously, you know, you, you know, like Santa's like killing these guys one by one. You know, it's not really a spoiler. I mean, he's showing the just trailers. taking them out, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like some of these, some of the deaths were just fucking ridiculous. Like using like Christmas ornaments and shit. And I'm just like, what the fuck, dude? This is fucking awesome. Like, I mean, the candy Jesus, cane dude, was awesome. Like, I, I was looking forward to him using that candy cane. You're you're making what's supposed to be like the most jolly, joyous, happy holiday into like a dark, gory spectacle. And uh, you know, I I enjoyed it. There were some really good surprises as far as like kills and who killed who. And I liked that about the movie too. Like, I felt like the action was just it was fun. You know, it it was uh. it was over the top, dude. <laughs> Which is what this movie was supposed to be, and it and it lives up to it. Anything that adds on that, James, in regards to the action? Yeah, Something no, I, I agree. There's there's a lot of there's there's a point where there's like thirty dudes that go into like a shed and like no one comes out alive. Like <laughs> it's the like, longest <laughs> fight montage ever. Dude, I was yeah, like, was Jesus fucking Christ, he killed every single person. Like, <laughs> and it, and it's done like you said, Neville, in like in in these ways that are like um, it's pretty. It's interesting how the kills happen. It's not just like, oh, you just killed him. Like, no, these guys are getting like thrown into a wood chipper or fucking 
caught up or stabbed through the eye with a candy cane or fucking head smashed in with grenade a hammer, in pa- grenade in the pants, oh, which the is grenade. not a spoiler. It's in the yeah. spoiler. <laughs> which was fucking. Then he's like, I have to see it, and he turns around. And you're like, Ooh, <laughs> or they or they die by their own. Yeah, they die by their own fucking stupidity as well too. Like some yeah. of the goons are not the smartest, and you know, no. like ones you know they're they're holding shit over their head that ends up killing them and shit. And you're like, what the fuck? Dude. Yeah, the first is without spoiling. There's a sequence of the bowling balls that are just like, oh my god, dude. So, so. <laughs> yeah, there's one involving glue too. Oh, that yeah, was gross. That one, see, that one, see, that's oh, the yeah. sequence that was oh, gross for me. Head, I was like, yeah. no, that's your scalp, dude. <laughs> that shit was gross. Yeah, that's probably the that's probably the most goriest part in a way, just because of. The practical <laughs> effects they saying, use. The whole thing for both both of the characters who are involved in that was just a bit. Yeah, they got they got some gruesome shit happening to them. Yeah, <laughs> that's the Home Alone se- sequence. I would say yeah. too, oh, if if you're oh, looking yeah, at it from yeah. that, I, I would say especially with it involves the daughter. So it's like, what if Home Alone but real? <laughs> yeah, like realistically. Violet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Just like how like didn't they do that on um like um. One of those shows where they proved it, they're like, yo, this guy would have had a concussion, he would have died already three (laughs) times before this, like, oh my god, Mm. dude. It's with characters that are just, like, so stoic and, like, into their, like, their mission, and then all of a sudden, like, all these events just unravel them, it's just fucking hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking about the hilarity, obviously this is, uh, leans pretty well into the comedy aspect of it, much more than I anticipated it being. I thought the, uh, the the one-liners were pretty good for Santa. Just the fact that, you know, yeah. he was he was just Christmas is the, coming to town. Yeah, just just all the kind of co- the Christmas esque jokes on there, just thrown in, and he delivered them so well that it's, you can't. They're help played but straight too, fucking, which is which yeah. is funny. Like he's yeah. like because he's, okay. he's really Santa Claus, so you like yeah, are yeah, he's legitimately Santa because he believes yeah. it. Yeah, he's, where and I, you know, to be honest, that's what I really liked about the film is that. He was Santa Claus. He wasn't trying to hide it. People would ask him, he's like, yeah, I'm Santa Claus. Like, and would tell him things like, as a normal yeah. person would look at it, it's like, no, you're full of <laughs> not, shit. Not just that, Nabil, but how self-aware it was where, like, even in the movie, people were like, it can't be fucking Santa Claus. You know, this motherfucker's not real. And yeah. when they were realizing it was really him, they were just like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, for what real? the fuck is this? <laughs> I mean, the they same, take it pretty, the like, in stride, though. They're like, hmm, yeah. okay, I guess we're fighting Santa now. Like, wait, yeah, what? just kind of go with it. And like, well, I is this fucking got- normal? <laughs> I mean, the beginning of the movie kind of helps take that home, too. Like, where the bartender is chasing after him. And, you know, this is a little bit of a spoiler because it's not in the trailer. So, But essentially, he's flying off and a vomits on her. That was fucking gross. I was like, Ew. but it was hilarious. Like, okay, I don't know where we're going with this. It was gross, but we were fucking dying in the theater. Yeah, it sets the tone though of like what you're about to see. Even the first death where you see a guy getting like impaled, you're like, Jesus Christ, right? Like, mm-hmm. Okay, that's what we're dealing with here, huh? <laughs> uh, well, anything stand out to you, uh, James, in regards to the comedy? Anything particular did you feel like made this film yeah, the goons. better about it? The goons. <laughs> There's one goon that is such a dick that is like guarding the kids or something, or the kid and the people, yeah, and yeah, he, he forces he them to, to open gifts for for it. He wanted to kill someone. Yeah, I, I, this is minor spoilers, I guess. Sorry, but there's something like somebody gives a portrait or something, and he like, he does something where he fucking gets it, and he's like, "Oh, he's an electric gift," and he just chugs it across the room. <laughs> I was fucking dying, dude. <laughs> 
That's he's like, and then he just chugs it like against the wall. I was like, Jesus Christ, this is hella fucked up. <laughs> I like that he call, he's calling he out the family though, and it's right in front the, of their face. It's hella funny. The, he freaking hits the kid with the freaking butt of his gun too, man. Bertrand, right? Yeah. yeah. The kid. He, just, <laughs> he just hits him. He's like, shut up. <laughs> I was like, damn. The the goons were surprisingly quite funny, and then the one the one that me and Mark were talking about, like one of the chicks starts really believing in Santa like early on, yeah. and when <laughs> I won't say who she says it to, but she says she she's falling up. John Leguizamo was like, "There's a guy in a Santa Claus outfit," and then she's like, "Oh, he might be the real Santa." And the guy somebody hears her and says, "What the fuck did she just say?" And for some reason, dude, that just hit the right spot. Because even he's like, "Bitch, what are you talking about? Like, are you fucking dude, kidding dude me?" Legit was confused. Dude, that would be like someone telling you, like, hey, man, the Easter Bunny's out in the back, like, the real one. Like, wait, what? Right? So, it's just, like, unbelievable. You'd be like, no, that can't be real. So, yeah. The timing on those is what I'm saying. It's it's pretty funny. That's that's what made the difference, for sure. Yeah. That that character, she sold it, too, man, because she was just so, like, stoic and straight and stuff. And, like, the situations she got in were just fucking hilarious. Yeah. yeah, and she's just like legitimately like believes too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so, it's so stupid. Like, what? So well, so uh, we've talked about the kind of overall aspects of the film, but ultimately, it is a holiday movie. Did you yeah. feel like I'll go to you, Marco? Did you feel that this actually worked as a holiday film or as a parody or like you know is it going to be a, an annual classic for you? <laughs> like, I think it's going to be the rotation, the right? Yeah. I, I mean, it it might get into the rotation. I, I think it's a good blend of both. I think you could see it both as like a holiday film and and a parody. You know, all, all at once. It's uh, just like your you know your Home Alones. You know the, that. You know, it takes place during Christmas and wild shit happens, but, you know, it it still carries, I guess, part of the holiday spirit with it to a point. It does. But at yeah. the same time, is self-aware enough to where it's not cheesy, you know, if that makes sense. I think it was done well because I was kind of worried about that. I was kind of like, oh, man, is it going to be like all over the top? Like it's Christmas, blah, blah, blah. But no, I felt it had like a really good balance of that, you know. So I think like even if you're not really into like holiday films or the holiday season, I think this movie still kind of works just like, you know, Home Alone does or even Die Hard, even though there's a whole debate on whether Die Hard is a holiday film or not. I think this movie is kind of like the same way, you know, you could see it both ways. You can see it as just a straight up parody comedy or you could see it as a holiday film. And um, I I think that makes that better. Yeah, I'd say you agree with that, James. Yeah, there's still a good message, I think, to it, too, about believing and such. and Especially at the end. I think it does bring that home. Especially at the end. And I think it does a, a good job of kind of showing why Santa's so cynical toward it all. Because of, like, um, how kids just want, want, want. It's almost like a message on consumerism a little bit. Which is strange yeah. in this movie. <clears throat> but it, like, happens. <laughs> but it's like, okay, well, fuck. Yeah, yeah actually, so I kind of like the... It does point out the fact how, like... You know, it's always like let's aim this for kids type of thing. You know, let's mm-hmm. let's let's make let's milk these little brats for all the money they they you know they have and stuff, and so in turn they become you know like James was saying these, um, you know, consumerists. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I mean, 
That's what the holidays seems to be sometimes. We forget about the, the overall message. The family. Family. What about, <laughs> what about um, before we go into, you know, wrapping up what we actually felt worked and didn't work in the movie itself, anything else really stand out for you? Um, James, like, did you, from a film perspective, did you like the shots? Did you feel like there was any creativity yeah, it's, it's in shot the violence? Pretty, like, what, it's shot pretty you know. nicely. Cinematography-wise, it works. Music-wise, they have a lot of classic Christmas tunes in it, too. Um, the only thing I wanted to bring up is just the, the weakest point for me is probably the plot involving the son, which I'll go into party spoilers on that a bit. I think that's probably the weakest side of it, but it's also added in almost to kind of add for more comedy though. So it's like, okay, it's, I, I think it. it's supposed to help anchor it to a little bit just because, you know, we yeah. focus on Santa Claus, but really kind of, cause you then you got to come back family. and like, well, what about the family, the, the rich ass yeah. family here? And then like, what, what, you know, cause there's, there's a subplot going on between, um, uh, the daughter, uh, the youngest daughter there, which is, um, uh, what's her name? Um, I forgot the daughter's name, but she's basically, she, her wishes for her parents to get back cause they're kind of estranged and stuff like that. So it's, it's kind of one of those things where that's kind of a Christmas thing too about it. Like, you know, but well, you gotta have know. kids involved with Santa Claus, right? I think it's Trudy. Yeah, of course. Cause she's named after the mom, Bertrude or Gertrude, but yeah. yeah, yeah, Trudy. Yeah. Trudy. Sorry. Agreed. Um, well, what what else really stood out for you guys? Marco, anything else you feel like work? Or was there anything that you didn't like about the film? I don't think we've talked about much negative things about this movie at all. Uh, I want to say I, I, I partly agree with James and the fact that the, the, the subplot involving the, the son is kind of like the, the weak point of it. They're also like, I guess there's, there's something else. It's kind of spoilery. So I'll, I'll just kind of save it for spoilers. That I was, it just sort of didn't really answer like a question, but I, at the same time, I kind of like that. But still, something that kind of stood out for me. Okay, we can bring that up in spoilers. Yeah, James, anything else? Maybe something that didn't work for you in the film at all, or <clears throat> other than the pl- other than that subplot? Uh, no, not really. But everything no. else, you know, worked, worked for the most part. What about you? Yeah, I I mean, I feel the same. I the f- the film itself, I don't feel like is a. Uh, like top tier comedy or anything like that but i was pleasantly surprised going into it so i would say you know like it from that perspective especially if you don't know anything from the trailers the trailers i watched it afterwards it doesn't tell you too much about what you're going to expect from the film outside of you know some of the the violent aspect of it i mean the plot's stupid you know the subplot is dumb the 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 santa claus aspect of it is probably the more interesting thing of the movie and you know, I, I'd be happy to explore even more of that in the future, too. But I don't think that there's anything, um, any one thing that I say didn't work. Like, for what it was, it they did, I think they delivered on what, what they were trying to portray in the film. You know, and the, the acting was yeah. pretty solid for with the, with the cast that they had involved. So, yeah. Um, we are going to go into spoilers a little bit just to talk about uh, a little bit of... Uh, Santa's background in this that that would reveal a bit if we just kind of stayed without the spoiler alert. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and then overall message of the film that's involved with that as well. But before we do that, we're going to give our ratings for this movie. I'm going to start with you, James. What did you give this uh, star rating? It's probably a little too high, but I had a lot of fun doing this one. I give this one a four out of five. Four. All right. Uh, Marco, what about you? Because it's you know super violent, it may not that may not hit for a lot for some people. So I'll I'll. Give it a three and a half stars. It's still very entertaining. I, I think it's very, um, it's something for I think most audiences. But um, 
the like I, I like hyper violence. I think it's fucking hilarious, but some people may not like it. So. Yeah, you know, I was reading this a little lower at first, but actually talking about it again, I think it does uh, deserve a little bit of an extra rating. So I've, I'm also with you, Mark, at a three and a half uh, stars out of five. So it was a good movie overall, and I definitely want to watch it again. Yeah. All right, so uh, we're gonna jump into spoilers. Talk a little bit about the uh, little twist background thing in the movie. If you haven't watched it yet, go ahead and skip forward just a little bit, and we'll go into the outro and tell you what we're gonna be watching in our next pod. Otherwise, stick around. Okay, so ending <clears throat> in the spoilers. So be prepared. Essentially, Santa is a Viking. That's that's what they reveal for his background. He he doesn't even know how he really became. They don't explore how he became Santa. He just he he died and he became Santa Claus. And he was I don't remember what his full name was, James. I don't even remember what they call it his Viking name, but he was like I, I do not recall. No, there's no answer. some kind of yeah, impaler no, with the hammer. He would knock out or yeah, he was like a warrior. Like he was like a Viking warrior. Yeah. yeah. He was a Viking, I mean, brutal Viking warrior, just knocking yeah, heads like over. He's, t- he's tatted up, man. He got hell of scars and shit, too. I mean, he said he lined up three heads, top to bottom, and just with crash balls. <laughs> so, Dude, you know. it was like, oh my God, Jesus Christ. Some little he's, girl he's explaining this to a child, mind you. To a child. As he's describing you, yeah. this. True. But I kind of yeah. enjoy I, I thought that that was a very interesting background, more because he's, first of all, a real person that somehow. Christmas magic. He just has yeah, magic. Yeah, just has magic. He, yeah. he can't even explain the magic, which is, I actually like which that. Which is the they other don't part. Explain it. I, yeah. I agree. I think that's the great, best part of it. It's like, it's Santa Claus. You don't know how it works. It's just magic. He doesn't know how it works. It's just magic, but it works. You yeah. Know? So I, I think that's that's. I cool. think my only issue with it, Nabil, was, <clears throat> this is kind of the spoiler thing, is like, they don't really explain, like, so he's, he's super old, obviously. He's centuries old, but it's like, so he's technically immortal, but he can still get mortally wounded. So I guess like, yeah. so he can still die, I guess, or is he immortal? Like, I, I think but he somehow, can die. Yeah. Somehow he was resurrected at the end because he does die at the end. Right. And I guess because everybody around him believed, believed. even though they all seemed half-heartedly believed it. That Most of them. He, yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. I think that was funny. Was so it's, like, the, it's fuck, possibly that. It's possible the belief is what keeps him alive and quote unquote yeah. immortal. Probably. I guess oh, it kind of makes sense. All right. Yeah. That's but what I mean, I, that's like, how I interpret it at least. They open up questions to like what happened to the other Santa Claus or has is this the first and only one, you know? And so if he I think dies, this is something like he's been married one? for 1100 years, right? So like he's been yeah. doing it for a long time, so so it was kind of weird, just like, and I know it's part of the magic. They don't have to explain it. It's all Christmas. So, do you like just, how they um, mm-hmm. they they canonize that Rudolph Isel is real too? Yeah, <laughs> just I saw that. I was like, nice little touch there. So, I thought that yeah, the reindeer was, jokes were funny too. It just shows yeah, that, they, you know they leave his ass and then they, they come seem back cool and, too. Yeah. I was like, they look adorable. I like the reindeer. Yeah, me too. It's, so, did you guys like that there was an actual message for Christmas here? Like, the whole thing about Christmas spirit and, you know, kids not believing, but then, and he was essentially, like, giving up on, on being Santa Claus. I think that was going to be his last year at this point. And uh, now he kind of reinvigorated his whole mode of, like, there's still kids that believe in me that need me. Like, did you feel that that brought that home strong enough? <laughs> like, a good character arc? Or did you feel that that just was shoehorned in? Uh, yes and no for me. I, I, I like that it was kind of 
you know, trying to say to a point that, you know, it's not about materials and stuff and, and gifts and shit. It's really about like the spirit and love and, you know, coming together as, you know, family and stuff. Um, I wish they would have aimed it more like at, you know, like, cause I mean, really like, yeah, he was, you know, talking shit about, you know, the kids, you know, wanting stuff. But I mean, they're just kids. It's not really their fault. It's, it's, it's adults responsibility to not like aim products at kids all the time and shit, not make Christmas and the holidays and shit all about like buying shit and materials, but, you know, kind of teach them, Hey, like it's about coming together and like being, you know, appreciative of like everyone, you know, being around each other and love and all that good stuff, you know? So, um, so yeah, I, think, I feel like it was trying to like show a good message. I wish it would have like clarified it a little bit more though. I I, I take it as like it, it's coinciding with the family. Like he's he's constantly saying like they always move on from one thing and they want to open another thing and so on and so forth. And it's kind of like the greed of that family as well. They're so fucking yeah. rich. Yeah. They're like an epitome of like what he hates the most. And by the end, they seemingly are you know it's pretty Hollywoodized, but they they back together for the. Husband and wife, the family is all agreeing with each other. Alive. Finally, yeah, they're burning money literally to keep <laughs> them alive. <laughs> keep them alive. And the sister's like, "Wait, let's let's talk about this. Hold on, let's we chill, burned right? half a million dollars." <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that was half a million dollars. He had a lot uh, there, anyways. He had Thirty million bucks yeah, were still worth. And then, dollars. so it's Drop like the, the family's together, and the belief of the family, and the love of the family, and it gives them life. So, I mean, yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I will say too that uh, the whole idea of the the message of Christmas being being you know coming to an end because it's Santa Claus you know giving up I thought that was an interesting just perspective of it felt very like a realistic viewpoint of it because everything you know if Santa was real going through it and seeing it like they they grounded it quite a bit and I thought that that was just a good take on it versus saying like. I don't know, making it too campy. Like, he just, he's at a bar. He's drinking. He's, you know, moving on from that. He got sick. He threw up. You know, he passed out. He hates cook. He hates some of the milk. He hates some of the cookies. <laughs> like, it all just seems like a, a realistic version of what Santa was. And I like the nose. The, the nose thing was cool, too. That's how he gets Yeah. The, I mean, that's how they killed the guy at the end. <laughs> dude, that was fucking vicious, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. When I saw that, I was oh, like, man. oh, my God. God, He's he imploded. Fucking, <laughs> fucking imploded. Oh my God, dude. He just, he just had the torso and he was like, oh, and he just fucking chugged it. Dude, that was so unexpected. I was like, what the fuck just happened? I completely forgot about that magic that he had for the nose until they did it again. Because obviously it was tw- uh, tweaking out throughout the film. It didn't work anymore. Yeah. And then suddenly he does it. I'm like, oh, that's a good pull. <laughs> Dude, it wasn't just like it was like a chemo. Dude, that was brutal. Like, yeah, oh my god, man! <laughs> it's a volcano of blood. Yeah, literally, was, dude. Like the fact that there was a chimney out over there. <laughs> I had a feeling something was gonna have the chimney. I was like, why is there? Oh, it's a wreckage of a house. And I was like, uh oh. All right, that seems like it's the end of our pod. Thank you, everybody, for listening. That was. I know this is kind of a different one, but. Um, Still wanted to sneak in something here for the holidays, so we brought in the violent ass Santa Claus movie. Ha ha in your face. <laughs> just just like the the movie Pals do. We never disappoint. A, a good couple of with it. a violent film. <laughs> try to make it a little different. Let's try to spice it up a little bit, you know? Yeah, just a little bit here. So you guys can have something to listen to the kids. So just a little spicy latte. <laughs> for the kids. 
for the kids. So uh, thank you once again. Uh, feedback, response, reviews. We appreciate them all. Marco, let them know how they can reach us. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or uh, Twitter while it's alive uh, at Movie Pals Pod. Also, if you happen to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Amazon Music, or Newsly, smash that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. If this is your first time listening to us, thank you for giving us a shot. Hopefully you stick with us on the long run. Um, I know we did a double feature on this one and we most likely will for the next one. It's not always going to be like that, but we appreciate you giving us a shot and we'll catch you on the next one. Yeah. So uh, actually we do have one more double feature and actually our next episode is going to be episode number 140 and that will be our last episode for the year of 2022. We will be reviewing the new Avatar film, Avatar The Way of Water, and for the Coppola film, we'll be ending it out uh, with the 1988 film, Tucker, The Man in His Dream. We will be back in January, obviously, and then that will be. we'll start off with our best of 2022, followed by a special review of a show coming up that some of you guys may know about as well. Mm-hmm. So until then, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. Have a great one. <laughs>